right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. It's presented by CarParts.com. you got to check that mobile experience out. It's simple, easy to navigate. Have parts dropped right to your front door or your back door. Whatever door you want them to. It's easy. How are we doing today, Bird? You ready? Oh, man. I am so fired up today. This is going to be a fun yeah. one, man. Yeah, oh, man. This is all about kind of geeking out over you know history and old stuff and cool things to, to learn about and check out. Right. Uh, and this is a place uh, I drive by every day. Yeah, man. That's what I was going to ask you, dude, because when you look at certain car collections, right, it, throughout the world, there's some really just unbelievable car collections out there. You know, I had a, a, an opportunity to check out uh, Henderson Motorsports private collection one time. That was a big thrill. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, some really just amazing, uh, just unbelievable cars builds the way they set it up in museums and whatnot to make it look like you know kind of a museum the presentation is everything but i tell you man what you drive by each and every day is more than just a museum it's it's a massive part of the entire automotive story uh our history with it uh the struggle the the strength that came from that struggle um it really does tell an amazing story about just an iconic brand in this, in this you know great U.S. of A. of ours. It's it's really amazing in a lot of aspects. You get to drive by that every single day. Yeah, for most people, I think they know. You know, I work at Ford Motor Company, so I work at the engineering headquarters right there in Dearborn, Michigan. You know, right outside of Detroit, and uh, it looks like a college campus. It has those old brick you know, walls and and wrought iron gates to get in the complex, you know, I mean, it's like dripping with a hundred years of history in it. And uh, literally right across the street uh, is the Henry Ford Museum. And it is incredible because it's so huge. Uh, It's a museum and you have the Greenfield Village, uh, which is right next door. Uh, You can get Rouge plant. That's the F-150 truck plant. Uh, You can get tours from there. You get your little bus ticket. They just zip you literally like mile and a half down the road to the plant. You get to check out a you know modern facility and how they build cars. Um, but it, it's literally in the Ford, you know, 
complex. And across the street from there is the test track where Ford, you know, tests and develops all their vehicles. I mean, so you, you pull into the museum and you look across the street and you're like, that's where it all happens. Uh, right across the street there, right across the street here. It's all around you, still working after a hundred and something years. And then you turn around and you can go in the museum and you can get all the history back behind it. And it's not just automotive. What I really like about that museum is they have so many different, you know, it's called the Henry Ford Museum of American Innovation. And Henry Ford was great friends with guys like Firestone, uh, Thomas Edison, and those guys kind of changed the face yeah, of America. <laughs> you know, the things that they did together. And so there's so much of that going on in the museum with trains. Uh, the first factories or, let's say, automated uh, assembly lines. It's just incredible how many things they have going on inside the museum. And there's always, of course, a killer car, uh, you know, display. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, the history of cars, uh, you know, presidential cars. You know, they have the goldenrod in there for... It's probably still in there. You know, the salt flats. Yes. Yeah. You know, streamliner. Uh, and now they have driven to win. So it's a whole, uh, you know, display of, of race cars, drivers, memorabilia. It, it's awesome. Yeah, man. It, it, it's amazing that it's taken, you know, taken the, uh, such a ride through the history of the automobile and all its evolutions, right? It tells a really unique story from a even more interesting perspective because you're not looking at it from the outside in. You're looking at it from the inside out. You know, yes, it, yes, it's crazy. That's a whole different lens you're looking through, and not the normal perspective. So it really is a one of a kind experience. It, it's it's really cool, and uh, I think they still have it there. But but literally, you can walk in in the morning, and they've got I think it's a Model A, uh, and they tear it all apart. So all the pieces are just you know on racks and shelves and whatever else. <laughs> and and when you walk in the museum, you can go put your part on. You can go through the museum and hours later you can come back and you can go, wow, it's half built, you know, because everybody gets to put the car back together. And by the end of the day, hopefully the car is all built and they take it all apart and you get to do it again the next day. So, you know, you can you can be a part of, you know, this place by by building the Model A. <laughs> that sounds like a bad Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> uh, but look, man, I I'm excited to talk to the man behind it, uh, Matt Anderson. Uh, he's going to be on with us. It's, this is going to be a really interesting uh, and really cool podcast. So we'll take a break. Come right back at it. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast Kevin Bird and Willie B. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I will be presented by CarParts.com. You get that? It's so easy. CarParts.com says it all. It's car parts, and they drop them, wham, right to your front door, your shop door, your garage door, wherever you want them, Kev. Oh, man. It's all about convenience. You know? You shop online. You shop on your phone. Boom. It shows up where you want. It's all about great value. They're all about selling you the job. So they want to include everything critical to get the job done, not just sell you a part. I love it. Great place to shop for car parts. All right, man. I'm fired up because here's a guy who's made it his life to tell an amazing story. Uh, Matt, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. And what a cool, what a cool story and, and just a, an amazing amount of history you can cover uh, in one place, dude. Amazing. Yeah, thanks for, for having me. And, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. We've got about 300 automobiles in the collection and uh, a lot of Fords, not all Fords, but they cover pretty much the whole history of the car going back to the 1800s right on up to today. Wow, man. Now, out of all of those cars, do you have a favorite or favorite era? Yeah, I, I get asked that all the time. My answer is, you know, ask me tomorrow, it'll be different. But I got to say, I have a soft spot for two. Uh, one is the 1967 Ford Mark IV, the car in which uh, Dan Gurney and AJ oh, won yeah. Le Mans. Uh, so we'll go with that for race car. And for production car, I've got a real soft spot. We've got a, a 1948 Tucker in our collection. And, you know, I grew up with that movie with Jeff Bridges. I absolutely loved it. So always uh, been fond of that one, too. That's really cool. Nice. Now, he's got in his background here, because we're all sharing on video so we can see each other, and uh, he's got behind him the GT, the Mark yeah. IV, uh, that one Le Mans, man. It is so, so cool. And, um, you know, I've been in this museum so many times. I always, you know, upgrade my yearly membership so I can cruise through the museum for five minutes or five hours, uh, the Greenfield Village. Uh, and I always have to go see, you know, what cool cars are in there. It, and every now and then, you know, working across the street, uh, it's just the thing to go do to get inspiration. You know, like you're just feeling feeling dried out, you know? I'm not gonna let you skip over that uh, that 1967 Mark IV so quickly. Uh, anybody that's seen the movie Ford versus Ferrari, you know how badass that was, man? It had us all choked up in the seats, gripping our <laughs> rails, like, come on, get him, ah! Screaming, like, tell us some insight that you know that the the general public might not because that is such a nutty and amazing story. AJ Foyt, um, uh, Dan Gurney, uh, I believe his name was, who, who, if you guys recall, um, and you'll probably find this out, but he started the shaking the champagne and squirting it all over everybody, you know, on sporting events. It started on that, that day. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's, you raised a big one right there. A lot of people don't realize that's where it began. It, it just seems so natural. You know, whether it's a basketball team, football team, they spray the champagne when they win a championship. And yeah, it all started with Dan Gurney and he was, he told the story. I mean, he just kind of made it up. He was there. The crowd was looking at him like they were expecting him to do something. So I, the urge just came over him, I guess, but it, it's such a great moment and a perfect way to, cap off that race well when you win Le Mans you could do just about whatever you want you know oh. like spray people all in the face with uh, you know some alcoholic beverages that we should be drinking you know like yeah that's what happens when you win Le Mans well you got to know some inside stats or some some numbers and how difficult and what a challenge that was uh for the team and anybody that has seen the movie they probably got a brief uh, a small snap like, snapshot of it, you know, it's like the the iceberg that sunk the Titanic. You probably know a lot more of the the stats and numbers. 
Yeah, I mean, the movie, it's great. It was great that it, it opened when it did right before our exhibit opened. Good news for us. But, uh, yeah, you know, like any movie, you're going to condense a story like that down into two and a half an hours. You're going to leave some stuff out. So I, I know for me, the, the biggest kind of regret or disappointment is that they kind of cut out the whole Ford side of the story, you know, it makes it look like Carol Shelby and uh, and his crew, Phil Remington, were, were building these cars themselves. And, you know, you had a whole, you know, hundreds of engineers and folks working behind the scenes here in Dearborn on that victory. So we like to tell a little bit about that story, but you know, the amaz- most amazing thing about it is true that, it, you know, basically starts because Henry Ford II has a personal beef with Enzo Ferrari because he won't sell the company to him. And, says, you know, if I can't buy him, I'm going to beat him. <laughs> it's amazing to think of the millions and millions of dollars spent on that program just to kind of settle that kind of grudge but made for great racing yeah man absolutely uh it's kind of neat you know i've been at ford 20 years now so i was able to overlap with a few of the guys that had worked on those programs and uh, i was just it was just too cool to be able to rub elbows with a few folks that had you know significant pieces of of making that history making that win you know and a lot of our buildings still have you know a lot of the same you know the same dinos where you know the development happened where it all took place you know it's kind of cool to to walk into your place of work uh and and you know some days it feels mundane and that's why i said you know some sometimes i'll walk through the museum just to get inspired by all the things that have happened uh you know in and around you know where we work here at ford uh, and just kind of get fired up again and remember, you know, the cool things we've done and the cool things, you know, we're we're still going to do. And, and we've done the GT now like three times. And I, I don't know, Matt, do you have a preference, a favorite on what generation of Ford GT or GT40 uh, that, that you like? Well, it's hard not to love the original GT40. I mean, that's where it all started. But I have grown to really love the most recent version. In fact, it's a big part of our story in the exhibit. We talk about Ford's return to Le Mans in 2016, and, and we partnered with Multimatic. Uh, they provided us this gorgeous cutaway car that's basically half production GT, half racing GT, <laughs> cut right down the middle and put together. And the amazing thing is how similar those two cars are, not how different they are. Really incredible. You know, that that movie, Ford versus Ferrari, was like the uh, Rocky Three for the automotive enthusiasts. You know, it was, you know, Mr. T, uh, Clubber Lang, th- that was Ferrari, right? And and you guys are, are Rocky. And it was a big American chant at the end, and everybody's, woo, celebrating. Uh, it, it, can you give us some stats how that car has, has evolved over the years? Like, you know, just some performance numbers from the first one to, to where we're at now, just to see what's accomplished? Yeah, well, the, the Mark IV, the horsepower is right around 500 horsepower. It topped out somewhere around 212, 215 on, on the Mulsanne straight. And uh, horsepower is pretty close to the same with the current GT, though, of course, instead of a big 427 V8, it, it's a turbocharged v6 right so they're getting the same amount of house horsepower out of a much smaller engine but uh the, i think the biggest difference and the drivers will say this themselves is you know back in 67 gurney and foy kind of had to, to nurse that car through the race you know you wanted to push it but not so hard that you break something that happened to ford you know several times in the years leading up to it and you know in the last uh, 20 years or so the cars have kind of become bulletproof so you can push them all out through the whole race how about you willie do you have a favorite out of the three generations this uh the 2004-5 version, um, that's yeah. Uh, yeah, that dude, that's my favorite. My buddy's got a couple of them, and how he scored them is just un- unbelievable. Uh, I've, every time I go over to his house, I, I try to lick him. Uh, it doesn't work. You don't get to keep it. It's, uh, <laughs> but man, it, it's it's an amazing car. Uh, just to be able to, you know, climb the seat of one. That's one of the few cars I've never got to drive. 
Uh, I just feel like that would be like dream come true for the car guy or, you know, especially if you like doing some road courses and just understand the history behind that car to be able to drive one and push it through turns would be amazing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, of course I fell in love with the originals, uh, the whole, the storyline behind them. They're so sexy, beautiful. You can't help, but you know, love the original GT forties. Uh, but you know, working at Ford, uh, I was an advanced power or am an advanced powertrain. Uh, so we weren't directly building the second gen, the O five. Uh, but you know, we were all a part of it, uh, in some form or another, whether it was, you know, consulting, helping, uh, you know, cross engineering, sharing data. Uh, and then at the same time they were building the GT, uh, I had proposed with a group of guys in our group, uh, you know, this V10 motor. And that almost went into, you know, a Cobra and a GR1. So it was spinoffs of the, you know, 05 GT. So it was going to be about the same chassis, but with the engine in front with a transaxle and the same uh, transact, sorry, torque tube with the same transaxle on the back. Uh, so that was going to be kind of an evolution of the 05 GT. So different variants, different supercars. Uh, so, I mean, there's so much involvement around that, that second gen that I love. But then the EcoBoost, right? Our 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 team developed the EcoBoost motor <laughs> yeah. that ended up in the Ford GT, the the new one. So to see that go to Le Mans, it's like I love, I love, and I love. Like <laughs> I have no tier, man. They're just all like top choice in uh, in my category. Matt, what's the biggest surprise that people have when they come through the museum when they, when, when they're leaving? Right. I'm sure because you get to cover just an amazing amount of history. What do you hear is the biggest surprise from people that go there and spend a day? Well, I know in general, a lot of people are surprised at how much the museum has. I mean, people think we're either just just a car museum or a museum about the life of Henry Ford himself or Ford Motor Company. And our our car collection has always been more than Ford. Mr. Ford himself collected competitor vehicles for the collection. But it's not just cars. I mean, we've got uh, agricultural equipment. We've got big machinery, stationary steam engines. We've got airplanes. We've got railroad locomotives. So a little bit of everything. Really a museum of American innovation. Dude, talk about trains. They have like real monster trains and legit trains in the museum. Huge ones, bigger than I've ever seen before. I think like the Allegheny, is that is that the right one? That's the one, yep. This thing is, it looks like three times bigger than any train I've ever seen. Uh, and this thing would, what, carry like 160 cars of coal up the mountains. Uh, the thing was what, 700 <laughs> and some thousand pounds? Yeah, I think by the time you include the tender with the water and the coal, you're up to uh, 1.2 million pounds. So just it's hard to that was just the the front end, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just the locomotive. It's incredible. Just the locomotive was a million pounds. What? And you can climb on the thing. Do you guys? How do you get them in there? Wow. I know there's tracks in the museum, and they go out the door. But do they connect up? Because I know there's a railroad track not far from the museum itself. Yeah, is it, it still there? Can it, you it, still drive a train right in there? You still can. It connects with uh, the Amtrak line between Detroit and Chicago that runs behind our uh, museum. Uh, yeah, but so yeah, we, we can get them in and out. Uh, we, we don't move things like that that often, but it could be done. You could do it. Yeah. Theoretically, oh, man. yeah. Yeah, they, they have an incredible amount of, of things in there. They have, uh, what's the roundhouse? Yeah. 
Yeah, out in Greenfield Village, we have a, a reconstruction of a roundhouse that was at Marshall, Michigan, which is uh, west of Detroit, about halfway across the state. And that is where we maintain our operating fleet of steam locomotives. We've got three locomotives, all of them from the uh, 19th century that we run throughout the summer. You come out, you can take a ride on our two-mile loop that goes around Greenfield Village, and you can go into that roundhouse and see the kind of work that goes into caring for and maintaining those steam locomotives. And that's maybe even more special. You don't get to do that too many places. When you talk about a roundhouse, uh, so at least for the you know the, the steam engine, the front piece, uh, it drives on to like a lazy Susan, you know, bigger than the, you know, its diameter is bigger than the train. And then literally there's like a big old bar. And I think can one guy push it and turn the train so it can come in from one track and he can turn the lazy Susan with this, I don't know, bazillion pound train on it. And then stick it into one stall in like one bay ball bearings it's all about ball bearings these days that's right man yeah it's all about ball bearings <laughs> yeah we, we like the, a lot of grease joke it's, yeah it's, it's easy to start that turntable the hard part is stopping it once oh, you get the momentum built yeah. up but yeah all done by hand really cool wow man and they can park them in all the different slots just like uh thomas the train cartoon you know that's crazy all right well look here's the deal we got to take a break man we come back more questions for you uh i want to know exactly uh, what are some of your favorite exhibits? Do the exhibits change? And where's the stuff that that's not on an exhibit? Like, where's that stuff held out and what that building is like? Um, so let's take a break. We'll come back. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast, Kevin Bird and Willie B. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we have our boy Matt Anderson. Matt, how long have you been living this dream? Because what you do, what is your exact job title? I'm the curator of transportation. So I work with the uh, planes, trains, and automobiles at the museum. Wow. Um, and this is on the, the Ford Complex. Um, you have been there uh, long enough to understand every single thing on display. Is this true? I, I wish. I think I could be there three lifetimes and still learn more. <laughs> Uh, what are some of the most exciting exhibits for you when you first showed up and learned everything about this man and this signature brand? Yeah, the, the new exhibit when I came about 10 years ago was uh, what we call Driving America. It's our centerpiece automotive exhibit. And I think what sets us apart from other car museums, you know, we talk about the technology, we talk about the design, but we're really about the impact of the car on American culture. And now it's changed everything, you know, where we live, how we live, how we vacation, how we eat even. It's all affected by the car. Yeah, amen, man. What are some of those stories? Like, you know, you saw, I believe Ford, one of the first ones that made cars available for the common person. And that was a, a big shift because cars for such a long time, mobility in that regard, uh, in that manner, was left up to the high class people. The common man couldn't acquire himself a truck. He still had a horse and buggy. But then 
you know, here comes Henry Ford. Yeah, exactly right. I, I like to joke before the Model T, you could get a good car, you could get a cheap car, but you couldn't get a good cheap car. If that makes sense, right? <laughs> the, the well-built ones were too expensive and the, the cheap ones just fell apart when you drove them. The Model T hit that sweet spot. You know, here was a really well-built, well-designed car that was if, within the means of you know, the, the working class. And, and that changed everything. It made the car from a luxury, a plaything for the rich into a, an everyday need, which it still is today. What's kind of neat, you know, seeing some of the past exhibits you guys have had is, is you capture kind of what Willie talked about, like in that area and that era of the early 1900s, right? The big thing was accessibility to the car. And then as you move through time, you've got different things in history that have happened, whether it's World War One or World War Two, and different things that have, you know, say evolved as uh, maybe the economy's picked up and all of a sudden people are wanting to see the great outdoors, so that's like a big theme of around the automobile. So all the vehicles with, you know, camping type stuff or see the world kind of things to it. And then you can maybe fast forward to to another era where you can really kind of go back in time almost and feel like the 50s in the 50s diner, which they have in there, a real working diner. Of course, every museum should have a diner. Yeah. So there's like all these moments in time and I think different different uh, displays sometimes capture those uh, and those movements in time, right? Yeah, man. I, I've seen, I was going to ask Matt, I've seen a lot of these old videos of those old Model Ts and how they used to just beat the crap out of them. They beat the tire of those things and it kept running, just bouncing off the ground and boing, I mean, they didn't weigh anything so they could kind of take it, but uh, it was amazing how durable those those old things were, uh, which is really amazing. And uh, you got to tell us about the race. You know, I've, I've seen it on, it was like History Channel or Discovery or something, you know, about Henry Ford wanted to, you know, he wanted to, uh, I don't know, get a little bravado back in his game. He lost or something like that. He, he challenged some of the big guys to a race, and that's really how he was, staked out his claim and made a name for himself. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't realize Henry Ford failed twice in the auto business before he founded Ford Motor Company, right? So in between failure one and failure two, he got interested in race cars and saw that as a way to kind of rebuild his reputation, get his name in the newspapers, you know, racing for promotion, just like they do today. And he built a race car, the 1901 sweepstakes, entered a 10-mile event on a dirt horse track. I mean, all the car tracks were horse tracks in those days against Alexander Witten, who at that time was the closest thing we had to a racing star in the United States. And, you know, classic kind of David and Goliath setup here. Ford's a nobody against this giant. Ford manages to win the race, and it it sets him on the way to what will eventually become Ford Motor Company. I'm proud to say we have that actual car. Henry Ford's a 1901 sweepstakes in oh, our Driven to Win Racing in America exhibit. Wow. So it's right there. The, the same car? Same exact same car. One? Yep, yep. And in our collection from day one. Wow. That one he raced that night. Absolutely. That very yeah. Car. yeah, very cool to see it. Wow, that's cool, man. That's... Well, what other cars do you have in the uh, Driven to Win exhibit going on right now? Uh, I think I saw in the background, maybe there was the, the Jim Clark. Yeah, another one of our Lotus? groundbreakers. Yeah, Jimmy Clark's car from 1965, the Indianapolis 500, the first time a, a rear engine car won that race and really changed the, the whole face of the race. And, you know, all the attention has gone to Le Mans, but people forget Ford was, was hitting all forms of racing in the 1960s. I mean, they went all out and they racked up successes for it. But uh, we've got uh, some other makers as well. We've got uh, a Chrysler 300B, which was driven by the, the Carl Kikoffer squad in NASCAR in the 50s. You know, he's the one who really 
first professionalized NASCAR racing with the uh, dynamometer tests, the crews rehearsing their pit stops, all this great stuff. We've got uh, the Corvette that won uh, at Daytona at the sports car race about 20 years ago in 2001. So a little love for GM in there as well. And we really just break down the exhibit by types of racing. So we've got land speed in Bonneville, hill climb in Pikes Peak, uh, IndyCar racing, and obviously the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, uh, NASCAR, we have Daytona, and then you got to talk about drag racing too. So we do our kind of tribute both to Pomona and the Detroit Dragway, our, our longtime Detroit uh, venue. Yeah. Oh, now I'm afraid, but uh, still a memory for a lot of folks. Man, that sounds like quite quite an exhibit there. Um, so, you know, we've talked a little bit about, you know, all the things that are just in the museum all the time. We've got these evolving and revolving exhibits here with the automotive scene. Uh, the Driven to Win sounds definitely like one I need to stop by and check out. And I think I think just about anybody listening is probably thinking about it as well. Uh, and then you have events because, right, the village is literally right out the back door. Uh, and this village is like an old uh, what era would you say, like 1850, 1900 kind of time frame? Yeah, roughly kind of turn of the 20th century. So maybe from the 1870s into the, the 1920s. But there are, you know, 300 years of history represented by the 80 or so buildings that are in Greenfield Village. So it's a real, real landscape across time. So in there are all these different buildings that are historical. Uh, Thomas Edison's uh, lab. Uh, I think the garage maybe that Henry Ford had built the first car in. Yep. Yep, uh, that he had to cut a hole in the wall or something to get the car out. I think when he was done, uh, Heinz ketchup comes to mind. Uh, For a really smart man, that was a dumb move. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the first uh, power plant, right? Because they, you know, he was friends again with uh, Thomas Edison and many other big, powerful guys. Uh, so the light bulb, you know, the generator running, you know, DC versus AC. Uh, all that stuff. So it's all there. There's a village. And one of the events I think is just amazing is Old Car Festival. Uh, it's, you know, I think you said 600 cars. They're all, you know, pre-1932. So they're the old ones, right? Just like the ones you talked about, Willie, where you could just go off-road with them. Uh, so they're all old cars. And now you have a village and people drive around. Like, you come in and it's like back in time, the participants, the, the guests, everyone, a lot of people dress up in old-timey clothes. Uh, and drive around it and just pick people up and drive them over to this part of the village or that part of the village. There's car races out on the big field in the back, uh, you know, where you where you race, you know, a 1912 versus a 1918 something or other, uh, you know, a pickup versus some kind of five window deal. And uh, it is incredible because you walk in to an old village with old cars driving around people with old clothes on. It's just like you just flash back a hundred years or so. It's it's incredible, and how much fun people have. Uh, it's such a blast. Yeah, it's as close as you can get to, to walking back in time. And uh, yeah, you mentioned we let the cars drive. That's what makes it so special. They're not just sitting on the lawn. They're moving throughout the village. You know, a lot of Model Ts, a lot of Model As, but you're going to see steam cars. You're going to see early electric cars. A little bit of everything. It's uh, it's a fantastic show. And I especially love, you know, now that it gets a little darker early in the year, we do what we call our, our gaslight parade, uh, where you can see the early kerosene lamps, the acetylene lamps, the early electric lamps on these cars as they parade through the village. So really, really pretty event. Uh, you'd be a good person to uh, to ask this question for because a good way to know what's next is looking at you know what's behind us. Uh, what do you think is going to be 15, 20 years from now? What do you think is going to be the exhibit that lights everybody up there? You know, 
Yeah, no, that, I, I love it. I think we're, we're on the, the verge of, of possibly a big shift in, in, in automotive culture here with autonomous cars. I mean, if, if you would have asked me five years ago, it seemed like we'd be driving autonomous cars today. They seem to have pushed the timeline a little bit, but uh, it, it, they're coming, whether we, we like it or not. And uh, we've already collected a couple of autonomous vehicles in the museum. So I expect those will be up sooner than the next 25 years. it's going to be the exhibit of steering wheels <laughs> that's right the- guys this <laughs> is back when they had this round thing right in front of your face and you had to hold on to it the whole time oh my god you would never believe it uh interesting man it's <laughs> interesting where it's going and i think the other one i think the other one will be hey man these cars had gas engines you had to put fuel in some kind of a tank and drive around with it and fill it up every now and then <laughs> that'll be the That'll be the 15 or 20 year display. From yeah, now. Everything will be buzzing around in their little electric something <laughs> or other, their fuel cell thing. Or, uh, it will be. <laughs> I, I, Matt, before we, uh, before we run out of time, I wanted to ask you if you had three things that you could take with you, right? If say, they said, okay, Matt, your time as curator is, is up, but we want to award you for such, such a great job. You could have any three things out of the entire building. But you couldn't sell them, so it's not like you're gonna go make money. Just three things that you think, wow, that would be so cool. You could pass on, what would they be? I, well, you know, I mentioned two of them already. The the forty eight Tucker, I love. I, I love this uh, Mark IV uh, behind choice, me right now in, in the picture. Yeah, I gotta say, if if I could pick a a, a third thing. You know, I might pick something that uh, kind of connected with Mr. Ford himself. We have an early tap and die set that he used when he built his first car, the quadricycle in 1896. And you talk about, you know, kind of a personal connection to who he was and what he did. A set of tools used by him to build his very first car. To me, I mean, that, that's about as special as it gets in terms of. Uh, Man, I thought for sure you were going to pick the Oscar Mayer Wiener car. <laughs> you know that. I, I, I mean, I was ready to bet everything on that one. <laughs> I, I have coworkers who would love to take that home with them. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> you know something about kids. you, Matt, that I don't. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that's sometimes a display in there. They got some fun uh, ones for sure. They got the Golden Rod, and they got the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile. <laughs> yeah. All right, Matt, where do people find out more on social media? How do people follow you, see what's going on there, and, and what's coming up? Yeah, well, you can come to our uh, our website, thehenryford.org. You can find us on all the social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And our, our next big event will be our old car festival where we do uh, 600 cars, all of them from 1932 or earlier. That will be the weekend after Labor Day. So going to be uh, an exciting time. We do that show every year. If you come in June around Father's Day, you can see our motor muster. That's where we do the more modern cars, the 30s right on up through the 70s. So both of those shows, pretty special. All right, man. Eleanor Roosevelt said, you must do things you think you cannot do. What's your best, your favorite Henry Ford quote? Uh, my favorite is, uh, it's one of the little job books he carried around. He used to write these notes or things that popped into his head. We've got one where it's just one page and it says, no end to refinement. Wow. <laughs> True <laughs> that. Ah, yeah. yeah. Here we still are. Here we still are refining. You know, yeah, 100 man. and some years hey, later. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for your, your time. That was uh, that was fantastic. And don't forget about our show, guys. It airs weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Also, now streaming on Motor Trend On Demand, which is a great way to find us. Uh, thanks to our guest, Matt Anderson. He's my man, Kevin Bird. I am Willie B, your producer, Scoop, and executive producer, Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website, too, twoguysgarage.com. 
Share your thoughts with us. We're on social everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. And of course, this Two Guys Garage podcast, it's copyrighted, 2021, Britain Productions Incorporated. All rights reserved. Hey, Matt, just to let you know, I would take the Mark IV. Um, I would take that very first race car, whatever that is. Oh, the sweepstakes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I would take that locomotive, dude, that big... <sighs> beast of a locomotive just cause <laughs> you gotta hold it yourself that's, that's... Uh, yeah, yeah. alright Willie next time you come to town man we're going to the museum hey I'm down we're gonna spend all day man bring your kids we're gonna have a blast alright man right on look forward to seeing you Matt you take care cool. thanks guys appreciate thanks, it alright man we'll see you in the next Two Guys Garage podcast you guys alright take care Two Guys Garage Podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.